story brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your host, Johnny T. And today, my returning guest is Robert Bass. He's the author of several books helping others find their purpose in life, a pastor at a large church helping others grow mentally and spiritually, and a previous business owner of a successful mobile personal training company. Robert, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me on. Glad to be back. It's great to have you back here. So why don't we just do a quick review of your journey of faith for those who haven't heard the first podcast you're on. Yeah. So I've been through a lot from being a personal trainer to working on cars for a living and even getting into ministry and currently as a pastor. And so it's amazing the opportunities that God will give you when you're just obedient to him. But I got saved at 10 years old, raised in church, and I knew a lot about God, right? read the Bible, attended church. And so it wasn't until my uh, younger 20s that I really began to experience what the love of God and the power of God was. So there's been a big difference that I've noticed in my life between knowing about somebody, right? And then actually experiencing their presence and the presence of God, the love of God is what's really transformed my life. You know, it's interesting you say that because the last little while I have just been consumed with the scripture that says that this is eternal life that we know him and be known by him. And I'll be honest with you, it is consuming me. It is challenging me. It is forcing me to take like a self-inventory of everything that I do every day and the time that I spend with God and the things that I do and the things that I say and my attitude in every area of my life. And it's like God has just dropped that right in front of me and said, okay, what are you going to do with this? Do you really know me? And do I know you? And it's not the easiest thing to work through, Mm. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Isn't that such a beautiful scripture, right? One of the things that drives me to study is just the thought that, hey, you know, when we get to heaven, we're going to know God, right? But I want to know him now. Like, I want to know the fullness of God, his presence, and what's available to me now. And so many times we get stuck in this mentality of, oh, when I get to heaven, then it'll be great. Then I'll know all these things. But I truly believe that God has a blessing for us now. And like you said, when we take God's word, his scripture, and we meditate on it, when we think about it, when we let it transform our life, we get to experience the presence of God. And God being a good father reveals himself to us. Amen to that. Yeah. And I I agree with you 100% because that's what transformation is all about, right? To become more like Mm -hmm. him every day. John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase. And that's what our life has to be about. You know, we see so much going on in the world that isn't like that. It's almost the exact opposite. It's challenging in the world to find not only really godly examples, but to find champions of righteousness, champions of what it means to be a father, a husband, a dad, a brother, like all these things. It's such a challenge and such a high mountain to climb if you're looking in the wrong place. And I think the onus is on us as believers to present the message of Christ and the alternative to actually finding the truth in those areas. Yeah, you're right. And I feel like so many times we look to other people, right? We look to models, we look to role models, we look to celebrities, and we try to find our identity and answers through them. And what happens is we actually put a lot of pressure. Like I I even noticed this as pastors, like 
People have a lot of expectations of me and of pastors, and they really do expect you to be perfect in a certain extent, right? (laughs) They expect you to have it all figured out. But there is truth to maturity and truth to mature Christians. But what's interesting is we put so much weight on finding the perfect human role model when Jesus has already fulfilled these things for us. So really what we're doing, even in this podcast, is we're really driving each other to deepen our relationship with Jesus, right? Not to trust me or or you or anybody else for hope or wisdom or guidance, but that we would stir each other's faith and that we would encourage one another to say, hey, follow me as I follow Jesus, right? Follow me, pursue Jesus as I am pursuing him also, then we're going to find what we're looking for. Yeah, I'm quite familiar with the scripture that says that iron sharpens iron. I'm sure you've heard that in many services and churches and places you've been. As a believer, there is a lot of importance to that. And it's not always, as you say, people come to the pastor and they expect, oh yeah, you're going to tell me exactly what I need to know. You're going to be the guy that's going to point me in the right direction. Thank you for giving me the answer I'm looking for. You're going to go, hey, guess what? I'm on a journey too, right? So it's something that we have to be real about and we have to be open and honest enough with others and with ourselves to say, God, I'm not there yet. And help me, show me, lead me one step at a time. You know, we just need that one step. That's all I got to be successful at is that one step that he puts in front of me. And then the next thing will come. And then I've got my faith built because I made it through that one step and then I can keep going into the next. Yeah. I heard a message one time and the pastor talked about really what we are is the sign. You think about an exit sign near a door. It's pointing to the way. Like, I am not the door. I am not the way. Don't trust in me, but I will show you who is, right? And Jesus says that he is the way, right? He is that narrow gate that we need to be aiming for and walking through. And so, hey, look, I'm just trying to highlight who the way is (laughs) and point you to that. That's absolutely the right thing to do. John the Baptist did that. He said, I'm not the guy said, I'm just pointing the way. He's coming. You know, I'm just pointing you towards him and giving you some of the groundwork that you need to know before he actually shows up. And then when he shows up, what does John the Baptist do? He steps right away and he says, there's the guy that you need to follow. That guy over there, not me. And a lot of times I hear from non-believers, they talk about, oh, there's so much hypocrisy in the church and there's so many people screaming for money and that's all they want. And all that kind of stuff. And and you know what? I just tell them, like, don't look at those people. They're not the one you should be looking at. You need to look at Jesus and look inwards to yourself and compare yourself to Jesus, not those people. Yeah. Well, you know what I love about God is he's got an answer for everything. And the Bible is clear to look at the plank in our own eye and not the plank in someone else's because it's so easy to blame other people. It is, right? If they would do, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's encouraging even for us. When I see someone who is struggling, really what the church is meant to be is a safe place, a safe place where hurting people can come, a safe place where, okay, I need healing, right? So I'm going to go to the church. And so from the outside looking in, yeah, a church can look messy. (laughs) A church can look like a bunch of sinners and problems because that's what it is. It's a (laughs) bunch of people who are not perfect that are following Jesus. We are not Jesus, but what does Jesus ask us to do? He is asking us to model him to sanctify ourselves, and to bring His kingdom to earth. Not ours, not our way. And so God's way looks different, like it it really does. And so, you know, it's like you said, it's tough. From the outside looking in, it's very tough when you see people making mistakes and knowing that they're meant to be that sign that we talked about earlier. They're just the sign that's pointing people to Jesus. And uh, sometimes that sign needs a battery replaced. 
<laughs> Sometimes <laughs> that sign light bulb goes out and it's not working right, then you got to fix it. But it's it's just a sign. Yeah. So in your role as a pastor, you have people come to you and they have challenges and they have barriers and hurdles to overcome. What would you say to someone who's listening today and they're, and they're let's say they're outside the church and they have their own concerns or their own mountains to climb to make that step of faith to believing in God? What do you see the largest way the world is influencing people to prevent them from taking that step in faith? One of the things I like to remind myself of is we were all once an unbeliever, right? People aren't born believing in Jesus. And so this is something that we have to learn and understand. And so first off, I always need to make sure that I'm humble and that we all come to Jesus. We all come to the knowledge of him in different ways. through different experiences. Mine was I got saved at 10 years old in church, but I really became loyal to God after a motorcycle accident. And so multiple different ways that people come to following God and honestly even being loyal to him. Some people say that they believe in Jesus, but are not loyal, which is two different things there. And so really, it's just that curiosity. Like my encouragement to people is be curious. The last thing you want to do is to end your life and then realize, well, Jesus was the way and you just never researched because of, I don't know, laziness or just not wanting to know. With today's technology and communication, there really is no reason to not know something. I mean, the internet has just given us a wealth of knowledge. And so be curious. So even for myself, I have to acknowledge that I don't fully know God. And I am learning what God is like. And I'm learning just how amazing and holy God is. And so if I don't stay curious, if I don't stay seeking in the Bible and seeking his word and being around other Christians and having great challenging conversations, then I'm actually going to grow away from him and become more like the world. And so really, it's, it's that old saying, you are the sum of the people that you're hanging around with. And so, you know, it's just the truth. You hang around people who are not doing good things and you're going to get wrapped into their world. And so I would just encourage people to stay curious. And if there's questions that you have, pursue those questions. Yeah, I think that's very true because God says that if we seek him and search for him with all our heart, we'll find him. It may not always be through the avenues that we expect. God can use anything to speak to anybody in any way, in any shape or form, or even through a person who's a non-believer, God can still use them to speak to your heart. So for those who are listening and you're searching or you've been thinking about God, it's important to understand you need to just be available for God to speak to you in unprecedented ways. Yeah. It's always interesting to me how we approach the Bible. How you view the Bible will, in many cases, affect what you read and what you see. And so a lot of people read the Bible to disprove it. But if you come at the Bible, even with a neutral viewpoint, you're going to receive a lot. But if you come at the Bible with, I'm going to try to disprove this, then that's going to affect your filter. And also, if you come at the Bible with just accepting the text as what it is, instead of really diving into it, and a lot of us fall trapped to that. We just read one or two verses a day and we just read and we don't really dig into the Bible to find the depth of knowledge. Like, can I be honest with you, Johnny? I am blown away when I dig into the Bible and I see all of these cross references. I mean, it's like, oh yeah, this prophecy was fulfilled at that time and in this way. And wow, that was a reference. It's to Genesis 1 and that's in Revelation in this book. 
I mean, the more I study, the more my mind is blown on how many connections are in the Bible. When you talk about reaching into the depths of God's Word, well, somebody's listening and they say, okay, I'm going to start looking into this Bible thing. Would you have some recommended sources that you could point them to as a search tool? I personally like Logos Bible software. It's really good. And one of my favorite features is you can just click on a word and it instantly gives you all the either Greek or Hebrew word for it, the definition. It gives you the English definition of it. And it really helps you begin to understand that the Bible kind of has a broad definition of some words that we really narrow down in the English language, like the word love. The word love in the Bible will change drastically depending on the context that it's in, but we just think of love as one word or one definition, usually when we're looking at it, and we base that love off of our experience. And so really digging into words in the Bible is very helpful, and it can feel overwhelming. That's why I love software. So that's a great question. Use the technology that we have out there today. I mean, people have done a ton of work for us. Mm -hmm. And within a few clicks, you could open up uh, commentaries and dictionaries and all these guides that could help you within minutes. Yeah. As you said, now you can just do that electronically, which is great. So let me ask you about your thoughts about AI in terms of studying the Bible. Mm -hmm. Are you comfortable with that? AI, that is such a fun conversation nowadays, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I mean, it is moving at a very high rate, at least right now at the time of this recording with people jumping on board a lot. And, you know, I would say just like any tool, a tool can be misused mm -hmm. and a tool can be used for the right things. And so how are we using it? What is our motives behind using it? There's now Bible apps where you can listen to voices reading the Bible in all of these different dialects and languages, and it's all computer generated. And so there is a massive benefit to it if we use it the right way. And, and that's just like anything, you know, I mean, with the same materials that God has given us in this world, we can make tools with a tree. We can make a table. We can make all these, we can make all these things. But we could also make guns and weapons and, and things to hurt people. And so God has given us the ability to steward this world. That That's one of the commands he's given us. And so how we steward that is actually one of the things that we will be judged for. Yeah, I agree. And when I first started hearing about AI and then like recently in the last few months, there were some examples where they were using a projected preacher preaching a message in a church mm -hmm. run by AI. It wasn't like somebody was being filmed somewhere else and projected onto a screen in a remote location. It was completely generated by AI preaching this message in a church. And my first thought was how in the end times, it talks about the whole world being engaged in a message by the Antichrist. It really kind of struck me that, as you said, we can use tools for good that we're given, and yet there's always a, a sinister side to everything can see how God can certainly use the tools to help us propagate the gospel and, and, and translate into languages that reach the corners of the world, right? You can see how AI could be used for things like that, as long as we can trust that translation. But on the other side, I can see how the enemy could use it to deceive people with likenesses and images and, and miracles. You know, we could see something generated by AI shown on some news channel somewhere saying, look at this. This happened. This is miraculous. 
We do need to be cautious and, and we really need to listen to that check in our hearts from the Lord. If we're looking into a tool and we, and we get that check, and we go, you know what, this isn't the right thing. Yeah. I mean, God's given us the Holy Spirit, right? He's given us his presence to help us discern. And scripture is clear that we should test every spirit. We should test the things that we see and God will give us wisdom. So I agree with you. Absolutely. So tell me about your recent book, Hidden Fruit. I have a copy of it and I was reading through it. It's all about the fruits of the spirit that God gives us. And as we were talking before the interview, you've been busy translating it into other languages. Yes, very thankful that God's given me the opportunity to have it translated into Hebrew and Spanish. I don't speak Hebrew or Spanish, (laughs) but God's brought some amazing people into my life. It's not AI generated, actual people translated (laughs) the book. And so even though AI has made some great progress in those areas of translation, there's just something powerful about the human translation and connecting those words. So I'm very thankful for that opportunity and to really continue to help spread the word, you know, that God has given us his presence, his Holy Spirit, so we can experience love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and all the fruit, even though we may be going through very hard times. And so I believe even in the end times, as many people say, that God's spirit is still going to be with his people and that they are going to be able to experience a kind of love and joy that is just going to be mind-blowing to people. And so even in the trials that we go through in life, we can uh, trust God that He's there with us. Yeah, absolutely. And, And was there a reason why you chose Hebrew and Spanish to start with for the translations? Hey, great question. So the Lord asked me to release the book in Israel. When I was done with the English version, I was praying about releasing it and publishers and all the typical book publishing process. And I heard God tell me to release it in Israel. And so I was like, okay, here we go. And so it wasn't translated into Hebrew at the time. And I went to release it in Israel. And English is not the main language in (laughs) Israel, for those that don't know. Not even close. Not even number number one or two. And so honestly, I had a lot of closed doors. Like I had a lot of problems, a lot of resistance, and I just couldn't release it. And, you know, when God tells you to do something or when God speaks to us, you got to kind of navigate that right? We're trying to understand God's ways and you don't always get the bullseye right there. And so me being obedient, I thought English version, but God had some other plans there. And so I was like, well, I'm not able to release it. And so I just had a thought, well, maybe I should have it translated. And within weeks, God connected me to people that live in Israel. They loved the book. They were happy to translate it. And so we had some great relations there and took about, I think, six months to have the book translated into Hebrew. And then through some of those relationships, I met a lady that, again, loved the book and she wanted to help translate it into Spanish. So both of these were not my plans. I am just going to say that I had not planned for this to happen, but God continued to bring people in my life to make it happen. Yeah, I think that's such a key point is that as we talked earlier about taking that first step, we may not see the magnitude and and everything that God has planned for us, but when we're faithful in that one small step and we're obedient, then he opens those doors and allows us to move forward in what his purpose and plan is for our life. So so it'll be exciting to see what other languages he, he, he drops in front of you to get your book translated into. Yeah, I'm really excited and excited to see where it takes me, you know? 
the time of this recording, I've never been to Israel. So we'll see how God continues to open that door. And he's already been connecting me with some other pastors in uh, Latin America and different locations. And so God is faithful. You know, we just have to obey and trust him. That scripture, it just blows my mind, Johnny. Every time I think about it, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Mm -hmm. It says it's impossible to please God. So God is telling us we're going to have to trust him. Like it's going to require a certain degree of faith. And so, again, for those that are seeking God, maybe you don't have the kind of relationship with God you want. God's saying, you know, make steps by faith. When you begin to reach out to people, when you begin to study, God will meet you. He'll meet you. Amen. So where can people find your book? Yeah, they can go to hiddenfruitbook.com and you can actually get a free sample of the book. So if you're curious about what it's all about, you can go and grab a free sample on hiddenfruitbook.com and just enter the code sample at checkout. Cool. Okay. One last question. What's the one thing you would tell people about God? Well, that he loves them. You know, that that the Lord loves them more than they love themselves. And so to research that word love, to not assume that you know what the love of God is like, because God's love is not like my love. It's not like your parents' love. It's not like your friend's love. God's love is so much bigger. That word love is agape, is one of the words that's used. And so just to know God's love. Amen. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming back on the show. It was great to talk with you again. It's been a while since we did, and I really enjoyed it. And God bless uh, everything you're doing with your book. Thank you. Great talking with you. If it is your will, I'll say I will. If it's your will, I will say yes. If it is your will, I'll say I will. If it's your will, I will say yes. I will say Oh
enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.